Welcome to episode three of the Lost Luggage podcast. This week's episode is all about accommodation. In our time, we have been to over 150 countries, and in most, we have had to stay in some right shitholes. I think, anyway. As per usual, we will start off with a tale from the archives in part one, mixed in with some accommodation chat in part two. We've got a story from one of you guys in part three, and we're going to finish off with our quiz in part four. Will any of us manage to knock Will off the leaderboard? My name is Ollie, and joining me this week are the regulars, a man who has a secret talent for naming military vehicles. It's William Peachy. How are we doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. And also, the other regular, he's got the looks, he's got the brains, but unfortunately, he's from Manchester. It's Mr. Teddy Simpson. How are we doing this week? I'm good, mate. How are you two? Yeah, pretty good. How's how? Obviously, we're still in isolation, um, which is why the sound quality might be a bit, a bit all over the place because obviously we're recording in three different locations. How how are you guys finding the uh, COVID nineteen? A little bit boring. I've been cleaning cameras all day, and um, I got a face back on right now. I got really really into face backs. Face pack. Face what, pack. Face, another... face masks. Yeah, yeah. Just to fill up 20 minutes, you put on a face mask, get the old skin looking good. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about the face mask everyone's wearing to the shops to stop sneezing? No, 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 no. I, mean, I mean like the ones you buy from Superdrugs. It's like good for your skin that you wash off. You mean the beauty yeah. therapy ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got them ah. big into... Why? Just boredom. Just, they're just good for you, you know? Just put oh, one of them on, 20 minutes, put some music on, instead relaxing. All right, fair enough. I, I, I'm with Will on this one as well. I've been what? doing uh, teeth whitening strips and looking after myself a little bit. If you think about it now, every teeth single girl that's, that's that's inside, as soon as they get out, they're going to look <laughs> for a boyfriend. And their standards yeah. are going to be slightly lower because they've not been able to catch a boyfriend for some time. Now, if well, I come in well, with my slightly whiter teeth, I might stand <laughs> a chance this time. Exactly. Like, do you not believe what I'm hearing? Where are you getting these teeth? Well, they are white teeth strips. Teeth whitening strips, yeah. Where are you getting I these may from? Have da- may, may have dabbled in a face pack or two as well, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can send you some links, Ollie, if you want. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Give them some discount code. <laughs> I'll give you my discount code, no problem. Fair play, thank you, much appreciated. Um, well, this has started off Rather feminine, but there's nothing wrong with that in this day and age, of course. Um, got to got to do a bit of manscaping. It's competition's tough out there, you know. Exactly. Um, fair play. Well, I, I've no idea how this intro's ended up like this, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, this is the Lost Luggage podcast. It's not all about beauty therapy. It is about travel, hilarious stories, and a little bit of fun. So please join us in part one. Welcome back to the Lost Luggage podcast. This is episode three, all about accommodation. But before we get on to that, it's time for Tale of the Archives. In this section, we spin a wheel. It's either going to land on myself, Teddy, or Mr. William, and they'll tell a tale from the past, which has gone hilariously wrong. So, Mr. William Peachy, you're in charge of the wheel. Let's give it a spin. All right, let me do this. And it is on me. Has it landed on you? It has landed upon myself. Excellent. This should be good. Perfectly. Okay. Okay. Hit us. Hit us with your uh, tale from the archives. 
So my story summed up in a sentence, and uh, this is probably going to invite a lot of questions. So good. Just fill them. Just put your hand up, and I'll I'll pretend that I notice. <laughs> you pretend um, you could see us. Yeah, exactly. So when I was in Australia, I went to uh, meet an old family friend for job advice, and instead of getting job advice, we I sort of accidentally ended up stalking his ex-wife with him. What? What? Okay. <laughs> You're, you're, you're completely right in that opening sentiment where you said I've got a lot of questions to ask already. Yeah, yeah. Who was the family friend? How are they related to you? So it was, I wasn't really a full-on family friend, but I met him on a family holiday in uh, Porto, I think. He was Australian. Right. He said he could come out to Australia. He owned a gym out there. And uh, he could come around, I'd come around and get some job advice from him or get some connections. Really nice guy. I don't want to discredit him in this story. So he's a top bloke. But yeah, we sort of accidentally ended up stalking his ex-wife. You can't accidentally stop. How did you stalk this person? So the long and the short of it is, so I was going to meet him and I turn up about an hour earlier to this area in uh, Sydney called Cronulla, which is um, really, really nice. If you're ever in Sydney, go down to Cronulla. It's like from Central Station, like half an hour, really, really nice, like Miami. Okay. Um, But I went there and I went an hour earlier because I was like, I fancy to swim there before I met him. So I went for a swim. T-shirt got soaked. So I was sitting there waiting for it to dry out. He turns up about 40 minutes early. So I immediately, it's already suspicious because I'm getting into the car with him with my T-shirt off, drying it back. So already it's like older guy. He's he's like, I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. When you said he turned up 40 minutes early, surely mm. you were there 40 minutes early as well? Or were you already yeah, at the I, place? I was there early because I wanted to chill out on the beach and just oh, swim. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say there's Keen and there's like worrying yeah. the Keen. And when, I, when I'd when met him before, he's, he's super eccentric, um, but in like a funny way. And he's, he's a very successful guy. And, right. um, but now that I'd met him, he'd, he'd sort of divorced his wife and... Um, got really messy and he was living in like a really small flat and it was um it was really not what I expected at all uh, and then he was like do you want to come see my old house and then we drove down <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah okay, cool. he, did he take him into his old house and say oh do you want to see my uh, my pet rabbit you've got to close your eyes though it gets awfully <laughs> stiff and scared <laughs> yeah it was like that but it was it was kind of like um oh we're in we're in the neighborhood i'll just go down this road and look i should have probably known better but um i did know him so it was okay it wasn't like a stranger and then um yeah his his ex-wife was leaving the house at the time and uh she pulled she pulled out of the drive sort of came along alongside us and looked literally like rabbit in the headlights terrified and she, he starts talking to her. He's like, oh, I'm just uh, showing Will around. Remember we, we met him in Porto or something? And she's just like, you know you shouldn't be here. And I was like in the you know passenger seat without a shirt on, obviously. Looking like a bit of a twinky boy. Of course. And then um, what else happened? So he, after she left, we kind of went on to the road again. And um, he started explaining to me that like, she was really young when uh, he met her. She was like twenty, and he was like I don't know how much older, but a fair bit older. And like sixty-one, it, yeah, not that old. <laughs> and it's like how she sort of said that she like um, she was naive, and he she he sort of like kidnapped her or whatever. It, it was really like <laughs> over the kidnapped. top. Wait, Sorry. kidnapped, and now you're in the passenger seat of this bloke's yeah. car, so shirtless. I'm, 
I'm sitting there thinking this is really not right. I, I want to get out of the you, car. I want to go back to the hostel right now. You should be sitting there thinking, I could be the next one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, is he just eccentric or is he, like, really not good? I mean, he was so nice, but, like, definitely very, very eccentric as a person. And then um, we ran into her again, at, like, a different road, like a stoplight, um, like a traffic light. And that's when it was just – nothing actually happened, but that's when it was just the most awkward thing in the world because she turned around and saw us both in the car. And it was like, he's not supposed to go near the house and now he's running to her at the house with a guy in the back in the passenger seat, and now he's behind her in traffic. It was the most. Was, was this a coincidence, or this or was this That's like semi-planned? Thing. That's the thing. I can't see how it could have been planned because I was kind of like giving directions because I wanted to look at like these these restaurants I wanted to work at. Are you but... sure he wasn't using you as like an alibi? So if this came up in court, it was like, well, Will was in the car, and yeah. it didn't seem strange to Will. It just seemed like a coincidence to Will. Hundred percent. Is that the whole reason you were in the car? I think it was. I think it's as soon as as soon as she pulled alongside us, he was like, "This is Will. Do you remember Will? I'm just showing him the house." It was like I was the excuse, but he could have just that could have just been like um, luck on his part, you know. <laughs> Why is he shirtless? Because I'm going <laughs> to fuck him in a minute. That's, that's the part <laughs> where it became unexcusable. If I was wearing a shirt, it would have been a totally different story, and it would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sex appeal would have gone slightly downhill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would have been. The wife fine. wants to get involved. I should stress what? again, he's a nice guy. It's just that, yeah, he's sort of fallen from grace a bit. <laughs> he said to me that it was like the lawyers lied about stuff, but um, she just didn't want him near the house. And she got like, I don't know, maybe a restraining order or something. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was one of those things. I think she, I think really she just she just didn't like him and didn't want him around, but like turned it into one of those big big deal type things i mean he had a lot he had a lot of money it was obviously worth at least yeah. like four million wow it was, it was lovely oh, wow. that's kind of why he was showing it to me it wasn't just like have a look at this little house it was like cool <laughs> he was kind of like this is what i used to be yeah pretty much Before i became yeah. a stalker and a grade two pedophile it got it got weird and then i went to melbourne like two days later so i didn't speak to him again so it was all good <laughs> And are you still in contact? What's what's the situation? No, there? no. He only had my Australian number, so um, I I don't even know how to contact him. <laughs> have you, <laughs> have you had a look at some of the registers online? Yeah, I I destroyed the SIM as soon as I got back. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty by association. Fantastic I like how you story. started it. With, I don't no, want to discredit this guy. He's a top bloke, and then everything you've just said is like slandered the man completely. Yeah, there's probably a lot of details I'm forgetting because I, I was going to write it down, but I, I forgot. Um, if, if I remember I anything, I'll bring is. it up next episode. <laughs> if I remember something, I'll write it down. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank you very much, Will, for telling us your tale from the archives. We're going to leave it there for part one. There's going to be some ads now, and come on, who doesn't like adverts? If you're a fan of the number two and the word part, you're going to really love part two. Join us then. Welcome back to the Lost Luggage Podcast. You join us in my favourite part, part two. And this week's topic is accommodation. So we're going to be speaking about all things accommodation. As we said in the intro, we've been to a fair few places, so we stayed in a fair fair amount of shitholes and potentially a fair amount of uh, half-decent places too. But uh, do you really want to hear about the half-decent places? 
probably not. You're listening to this because of the shit time we've had. So let's get on to that first. Um, chaps, where, where's the... Is, you know, we've, we've done a fair bit of backpacking. We've gone to the obvious places. Uh, we've gone to the not-so-obvious places. Uh, me and Will went to Iraq not too long ago. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But in general, if you were going to a general kind of backpacking area, let's say Thailand, India, Australia, what, what's what your experiences of the worst places you've stayed? Best place I've stayed? Bangkok. Well, Bangkok. Bangkok. For me, it, yeah, it's just wasn't necessarily the hotel itself. It was everything around the hostel. Um, the bed, when I checked in, it looked like a really good uh, hostel, like a really good place to be. And then when you get in, it was like a ridiculous, maybe 28-bed dorm or something like this. And the the mattress was just incredibly thin. It was just um, a curtain that separated every six beds. Um and yeah, like, so it was maybe like 28 beds and then it was just a curtain that went across the room. So like multiple curtains that you could open and close, but the full room was uh, operated by one light. So if you got back and somebody got back at three in the morning and they turned the light on, the light goes on for 28 people. Yeah. And it was just, um, yeah, just thinking back now, just you know, when you go to bed and you you might get disturbed. Somebody's grabbing the bag or somebody knocks your bed yeah. and you don't mind. It's an accident. But when somebody comes in at four in the morning and turns the light on, then, then yeah, yeah, no, well, I mean, it's not good. I mean, I, I understand we're not like a massively consumer advisable podcast or whatever, but obviously I, I lived in a hostel for a bit and it was a very good one um, in Vietnam. Um, but I wouldn't advise. I'd try and avoid them if, poss- if possible. I know it can be quite expensive, but if you either get a private room or an Airbnb or something last minute cheap, I'd always go with that option. Um, Will, how about you? What's the worst worst place you've stayed? Worst place was oh, what was the name of it? It was called Greenhouse in uh, Melbourne. That was the worst one. Just uh, too expensive for what it was. Nothing drastically bad, but it was like the bathrooms were miles away from the rooms. It was just crowded. It was like twenty four quid a night, which is, you know should have been half that for like how shit it was. And the staff, oh my god, the staff were the rudest people in the world. Star, I forgot about the staff. Yeah, they, that was the worst part. They were so rude. Were the expats or were the Australian? They were Australian. Why were they? So well, rude? I think I stayed at that. Some of them were expats. Some of them were English. But the one really rude one, I think, was Australian. The one, who, the one who kicked me out and like banned me. <laughs> Why did you get kicked out? Um, well, this is a family-friendly podcast, so I'll put it. Well, it's lightly. not. We've just explained in part one about you getting groomed by someone. So, you say, hey, hey, hey! This is a family-friendly podcast, <laughs> and so me and a friend brought some people back to let's say play cards with them. Okay, and they don't like you bringing back people to play cards at four a.m. So they caught well, me doing, no. bringing this person back to play cards, and they the uh, card game poke her. Yes, it was. And um, what made it worse is that my friend, my friend who was, I was with in the room, sort of spilt his cards all over someone else's bed. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make the person whose bed it was happy at all. And he was a really nice guy, which is a shame. And, you know, don't, no one wants to wake up with cards all over their bed. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he, uh, he, g- he gave me my bag and kicked me out at 4am. And, uh, yeah, just, just for playing a bit of cards. Um, I kind of feel like hearing this story now, Maybe greenhouse backpackers 
wasn't the problem. <laughs> it was the spinning of cards. Yeah, no, it was the spinning of no, semen. I mean, cards. Before that, he was worse. He was really. I saw him be really rude to some backpackers. But like, really, were they playing cards as well? I don't don't think so. I do not think so. People who like weren't part of the hostel. If you came to the hostel to like wait for someone, or like if you're going out for a party and you're just meeting another group, they would be like, you can't stand here. It's funny you should mention the name Greenhouse because I I stayed um, a place in Georgia, um, Tbilisi, called the Greenhouse, and it was like a real last minute thing, and it wasn't a hostel. It was literally like a airbnb and it was literally like um kind of like a upstairs shed thing that is family owned hmm. the family were really nice and they had like three rooms and it was just basic beds and a fan and that was literally it and like a shared toilet and stuff oh, and must, we were there we were there in like july and whatever and we were the only one staying there and it's just this the sun was looking after us mm. and we went for a night out in tbilisi which is a random night out. We ended up setting a bar on fire by accident. We ordered a load of shots and there's a shot called a atomic bomb. You know when they set the shots alight on the top? Yeah, yeah. Well, I knocked it over and it set the table alight and before you knew it, um, <laughs> yeah, people were running out screaming. Was it accidental or did you have like a vendetta against this particular bar? <laughs> I was quite intoxicated and it was very cramped in there, to be fair. Yeah, that sounds like a good alibi, Ollie. <laughs> to be fair, my, my, arm was, my arm was set on fire as well. <laughs> Briefly, well, that's, that's also a good alibi. Anyway, anyway, I, I diverse. Anyway, we got back to this place at three in the morning, and there was like seven cop cars. There was a fire engine. Turns out there was like a religious extremist who lived next door to these guys. He'd like massively fallen out with his wife, and like he tried blowing up his house. So we got back, and like half the street was on fire. What the fuck? To <laughs> know, mad. Yeah, in Tbilisi, it was, it was uh, pretty weird. But that's my experience of greenhouse guest house. Um, so if you're ever in Georgia, I do actually re- recommend staying there. You might get blown up, but the people are nice. Yeah, what's more important? Come on. Well, it's very true. Customer service. All right, fair enough. Okay, so let's get back onto accommodation. Um, so have you ever stayed anywhere where the basics aren't included and you've paid a fair amount of money? So uh, Teddy, for example, have you have you stayed anywhere where you've had to pay extra for Wi-Fi or anything like that? Uh, I've paid for a room, and then when I've got there, it was just the room, and then the toilets and bathroom were in a what? completely different building. Like, across the street, or what? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, so like, so the first building was full of rooms, but then you had to come outside and then go into a separate building if you wanted to get a shower or go wow. to the toilet. Yeah, that? Yeah, that's, not, that's just annoying. And that was real. But to be fair, but I didn't pay a lot of money for it, so I couldn't complain oh, either, so... No, I've never paid. I've never, never um, been changed out of a room. Um, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but anyway, for the listeners. So when I, I don't know if you guys ever went on a lad's holiday. As I said, I'm not a massive advocate for them. But when I was 19, me and a couple of mates went to Bulgaria, particularly Sunny Beach, which is world famous for being kind of the uh, kind of rough, rough Magaluf, as it were. And we stayed there for a week and we got flights, accommodation, insurance, Coach to and from the hotel for seven nights. How much do you reckon that cost? Um, pounds. I'll go six hundred pounds. And I'm not making this up. It was eighty-four pounds. <laughs> for what? What does that include in the eighty-four pounds? 
everything I just said, accommodation, flights, transfers. Surely not flights and accommodation, surely. No, I'm being 100% serious. I'll get my friends on here at some point to, to back me up. That's a, 100% serious. If you had said that without the flights, it would be ridiculous. With the flights, it's, it's unbelievable. I know, I know. So I'll tell you the short story. So we wanted to go away in the summer. We didn't know where to go. We literally walked in. Well, I was working at the time, but we, my mates walked into the travel agents on a Friday and said, right, where can we go on Monday? Cheap as possible. And I mm. thought originally we were going to go to Malta. Nice. Then I got, I got called up on Monday morning when I was packing my bags to leave. He said, oh, by the way, we're going to Bulgaria. And I go, okay, how much do I owe you? And they went, £84. I was like, what? You can't be serious. And we're like, yeah, it was like a last minute deal. So there's a top tip. If you don't, if you're not bothered about where you're going and you just want to get drunk, walk into a travel agent or go online, leave as soon as you can, and you can get some pretty good deals. But where this links in with accommodation is that when we got to the hotel, yeah, it wasn't the best hotel in the world. Um, but we bumped into other people there. We were like, became friends with and started drinking with and they were moaning there wasn't a hairdryer and they were moaning there wasn't a kettle and they paid like over 800 quid for their like whole experience and we couldn't complain about anything because we literally paid 80 odd quid for the whole thing God knows how much the hotel cost was was it an in-betweeners moment though you know where they're pulling us out of an hotel room and it'll be nice when it's finished lads <laughs> or was the hotel all- <laughs> yeah. it wasn't that bad i mean some dodgy stuff did happen on that trip that i cannot um confirm or deny on this podcast maybe another time maybe another time it'll be a story um but yeah that was a quick little insight to kind of people complaining but as you're right teddy like when you when you pay cheap stuff you can't always you can't always uh complain uh will anything about you if you had to any you've been any weird places and you've kind of had unexpected fees or weird things like that um not really australia was pretty bad for that but it was never really unexpected fees it was just more basic than it should be for the price if that makes sense you know, yeah, I've heard. yeah like you pay like 30 dollars and you get there and it's like you know just just bunk beds and it's like 20 people to a room and you think i don't mind this i like you know i like this kind of style of hostel sometimes but don't charge you know just charge like a tenner yeah like you know just just dirt cheap bunk bed in a big room you know there's no point paying you know 30 quid you could get one of those well like an airbnb pretty much and have a whole flat to yourself fair enough fair enough yeah i don't know if i can do it anymore you know it's kind of like people in hostels just annoying me now that's a good point to move on to actually so we've stayed on a fair amount of hostels between us you guys in uh, in asia and uh, and australia myself kind of lived in one for a while do you guys find in whatever hostel you go to in the world, whether this be in South America, North America, Europe, wherever, you always seem to bump into the same kinds of people? Yeah, big time. Yeah, wherever With you a go. few oddballs sprinkled in as well. Go on, explain. Well, I've met a few standard odd people who just had weird sort of personal hygiene and were sort of too old to be in a hostel type thing. The funniest one, though, and it probably won't sound that funny, but to me it was absolutely fucking hilarious because I got a weird sense of humour, was this girl who worked in, I think it was base in Sydney. And she was like, um, I only met her once, and it was just by that one thing. I just, I think about it all the time, how funny it was. But she was obviously like German or Scandinavian, but had that had that sort of accent. I can't, right. I can't really describe it. Like, you know, ah, yes, um, could you? You know, like that. Yeah. And... um. <laughs> She she basically 
sort of talks like she was pretending to be a teenager. She was like 29 or something, but she talked like an American teenager. It was the funniest thing in the world. Okay. She went up to me once and she was like, I th- what was I doing? I was, I was charging up something when I shouldn't have been charging, using that like paw in the wall. And she was like, hey, um, I hate to be that bitch, but um, could you maybe <laughs> go in the room and charge that? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then she went around the whole room anyone who's doing something wrong she came up and be like hey sorry to be that bitch but it'd be like so cool if you could just like yolo and go upstairs and stop drinking in the common area it was just so funny oh it was just like that would annoy it, me it, it could not sound less natural and I, I it was like i was watching an animal at the zoo it was crazy i was like what's this woman doing <laughs> teddy what kind of what kind of people do you find reoccurring in hostels oh the know it all and whether this person has been to two countries or 102 countries, there's always somebody who knows best. And for you guys who know me, I'm yeah. not really bothered. You know, I, if I want to do something, then that's what I'm going to try and do. And I don't mind failing. And you always seem to meet somebody who is trying to make you do their route, what they've done. Yeah. Does that make not, sense? Yeah, 100%. What, I, I know exactly you, what you mean. It's kind of those, it, uh, it, one of these people who's, they, they just like you know people who just one up your story. Mm. If you, yeah, if you've been to Jupiter, they've been to Mars. In every hostel, there's at least one, and you just think, why are you everywhere? Because surely not everybody who travels is like that, or you wouldn't like to think anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's they're probably the most. I'd rather have someone who complains a lot than one of those people because they they just lie. They just flat out lie to your face. Mm. You know, and they're just bullshitters. You know, if if you went for a, as I said, if you went for like a, I don't know, four weeks in a van around America, they lived in America for ten years despite being only eighteen. You know, it's it's exactly really just infuriating. But you can't do anything with them. Um, people I find you always find that guy who's or that girl who's who's a bit of a musician and will start playing Wonderwall. They could go and jump off a cliff. (laughs) I never Um, got that. I never got the musicians. I was expecting it. Well, you never found them or you just don't get them? No, I mean, I never found them. I When I watched the Inbetweeners movie 2 and I went out travelling, I thought I'd see it everywhere, but didn't really didn't really see anyone with like a guitar or anything. Yeah, fair enough. Real shame. Yeah. It was my big expectation is to was to see that. <laughs> <laughs> my my favourite people are the new people, the people who haven't travelled that much and you can kind of... Uh, kind of in, inspiring them and empowering them to go off and do their own thing without... Um, you know, without following the trends or whatever else. I think um, they're because they're, they're generally engaged, they're intrigued, they're excited. Um, they're generally, you know, they're looking for a chat and someone to speak to. So that you, I generally warm more towards those kind of people. They'll be really friendly, um, and that's probably how, that's kind of how I met you guys, really. Yeah, exactly. Look how look where that got you. Oh, exactly. <laughs> well, far in life, obviously. Um, okay, so if you can choose one place where you've stayed. And you had to burn it, burn one of them down. Where, 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 and what would you burn down? Ooh, mine would be, mine would be greenhouse for for before mentioned reason <laughs> for kicking me out uh, on a cold night purely for just wanting to play a game of uh, I don't know any <laughs> card games, <laughs> but card. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but that, that's more of a personal vendetta than like an actual quality. Yeah, but well, it's your choice. It's your choice, Teddy. I don't think I've got anywhere that, that I despise that bad. I think even the bad things I look back and laugh at and say, 
I can't believe that happened. And I don't really have any bad feelings towards it where I'd want to burn it down. <laughs> but um, no, I, don't, I can't think of any, mate. How about yourself? Do you have a one that you really cannot stand? Um, I suppose, I suppose there's, there's a few... Kind of, I suppose... Here we go, then. I know I've not necessarily travelled Australia, that, but it does grind my gears a lot that they charge for Wi-Fi, they charge for towels, they charge for use of a locker, they charge an admission yep. fee, they charge for you getting shown to your room, like all these added extras mm. um, for someone who's just trying to benefit to their economy, if anything. And, uh, you know, you, they're just con- consistently getting fucked over by them. So as a whole, I would burn down the entire Australian backpacking scene in terms of hospitals. I think the bush bars nearly did that. <laughs> oh, that's not. We can't. Yeah. Not that. That's bad. Yeah. Okay. I, I just uh, just to explain myself. Just the hostels, not the people. Okay. Just the hostels. Let's get some new builds in there. Let's make it nice and cheap. Um, we're 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 all here to have a good time. Let's it's kind of learn from each other. But what they what they do have in Australia, which is amazing, is um, free camping, free campsites. Yeah, and that, that is. And what and what you get with a free campsite is ridiculous. There'll be like clean toilets, and you can leave a donation. Um, some have got showers. The views are amazing. Uh, so where they probably do lack with um, the hostels and charging you over price for things that really should come with the price of the room, yeah. the camping in is for this world. Oh, I have got one place actually that did really. It, I mean, we can't really. I can't really blame them for being uh, crap, but it was. Um, so I was in the mountains of Kyrgyzstan. Was it Kyrgyzstan? I think it was Kyrgyzstan. It was, and um, there was literally nowhere to stay. Um, we found this kind of like guest house place in the mountains. We must have been a few thousand feet up. Uh, the guys I was travelling with, we all got pretty uh, altitude sick, and the beds were like old hospital beds from like the Ukrainian Civil War. <laughs> it was absolutely nuts like just literally made of wire where, and with a, like a thin mattress on top <laughs> and my back just got fucking torn up by it it was like something from Florence Nightingale's first ever hospital mm. it was ridiculous with like bed pans underneath it there was no shower what you had to do is fill a bucket up with water no way. and then pour it over yourself um, I mean you, I, I used the term guest house and so did they but really it was just a room of beds that was fucking cold with dead animals in it like blanket wise um it was and because i i know we've been driving like 12 hours that day so we were pretty tired but yeah i did not have fun memories of that although i would say kyrgyzstan is a fabulous country and you should probably all go um right then we'll move on to a topic i wanted to bring up on accommodation and that is a topic of bum guns something we don't really get over here in europe and the rest of the UK, um, but maybe something we should introduce after this coronavirus has kind of used up all our toilet roll. Um, guys, explain to me, what it, Teddy, what, it, what is a bum gun? Love a bum gun. And I mean, this is the best invention ever. The fact that we don't have these at home is deeply upsetting. And for anyone who doesn't know what a bum gun is, you sit on the toilet and to your right or left-hand side, there'll be a little little gun that sprays water that you can use when you're finished. And it's the best invention ever. Yeah, I second that. I am passionate about bum guns. Fully passionate. See, I was, I, I like many person was scared to use them at first, um, but 
it is just a way forward. I mean, you're not wasting money on toilet roll. You're saving more trees. The water is already in use because it's uh, coming from the toilet water in the top. Um, it cleans your ass and ass ring. Sorry <laughs> if you're eating dinner, but you shouldn't be eating dinner and listening to a podcast. That's rude. Um, you know, you're spraying the crap off your your ass more effectively than you could wiping it. I mean, Teddy, you had quite a good uh, story to tell slash analogy. Yeah. Um, so when I was living in uh, in Thailand, the, the the I lived in a hostel, worked in a hostel, so the um, the conversation came up a lot with the, the guests. And our receptionist was um, from Thailand. She said, do you know if you spill tomato ketchup on your hand and you just wipe it away with a towel and then you sniff your hand, you can still smell the... You would wash it off with water. Why would you not do the same with your bum? And honestly, in that from that moment, it just blew my mind and everything just made more sense. We all need bum guns. It is so true. It's so true. We've got to, we've got to get them installed, and uh, particularly in this time of you know toilet roll, maybe coming to the end of an era. I think um, it's it's the way forward, and you know many cultures do it. It's not it's not that strange, maybe to us in the Western world. But, and by the way, it yeah. may be tough at first, but it's worth it in the end, like it was for everyone who went travelling in Asia, because it's yeah. I mean, you've got to lose your bum gun virginity. It's really. just so much just, better. So they had them in Trump as well. But it's, a, it's an Eastern thing. It's just the whole Western world is just lagging behind in this one particular way. And it's just, it, you, you hate to see it. Give it a go. It, it's it's revelation. It gives you a bit of a tickle as well. And that's always good. <laughs> oh, also, it's not it's not actually a bum gun. But um, anyone who's familiar with the toilets there in Japan, that could be a good way to introduce them into the UK because those things are even better than bum guns. And uh, just when you're, when you're talking about Japan then, um, so did, did you stay in these pod hotels? Uh, I stayed in the Pod Hotel in Singapore, which was a really amazing experience. First time I've stayed in one. I recommend it to everyone. What is it? They're sweet. Yeah. So basically, it's it's the business plan is it's like a hostel, except you get your own enclosed little space. So it's aimed at sort of businessmen who only need the room for one night and don't want to spend a lot of money, but don't want to stay in a hostel where you're around, you know, in a room of 50 people. Yeah. They're so nice, especially if you've been staying in hostels. Because basically it's identical in every single other way to a hostel. Lockers, big communal space, shared bathroom showers and everything. But when you get into your little pod and close the door, you're totally on your own. And you've got a totally enclosed little space and it's so cosy. But there are drawbacks, which is the story I'm getting onto, which is the fact that they need key cards for everything. So every part of the, the pod capsule hotel I was in in Singapore, it was on Mosque Street, was... Um, card oriented so if you go to the shower you have to scan your card to get into the shower you want your locker scan your card you want to get back into the main room scan your card you want to get into the hostel in the first place you've got to scan your card but i went to have a shower and forgot my card <laughs> so i had to walk down the street about you know i don't know how long it took maybe two minute walk down the street but that was enough on a friday night everyone's out drinking in just my towel <laughs> dripping wet Pardon go into the hostel reception and ask for their master, their like master key just to let me in and I can go dry myself off and get changed. But apart from that, they are the best things you can, I honestly, how do you get changed in a pod? You don't, you just kind of go into the common area, just hope no one else is coming out of their pod at the same time or you get changed in the shower. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'd get claustrophobic. Well, you can no. get a, um, you can get a double pod, which is like huge, a bit more expensive. But if you, if you're claustrophobic, just go in a big one. 
my one was tiny, but um, you get used to it. I absolutely love him. I, I'm with you on this, uh, Will. If you've been travelling for a long time and you kind of just need a break from the whole hostel environment, but you don't want to break the bank and spend money on a hotel room, this is a perfect way to just be able to be in your own space. And, you know, sometimes you want to chill out. That's where you want to be. So, yeah, I, I definitely yeah. would recommend the pods. Yeah. The whole selling point is that you've got your own space. It doesn't matter how small it is. You just get to close the door and actually just be on your own, which when you're travelling can actually actually be like a huge help just for a, like a night or yeah, two. Yeah, sometimes it is. Definitely. So, um, you, have you stayed in one, Ollie? You want me? Have you stayed in I'm one? Not. I can't remember. I don't, know. I don't know if it's my kind of... I, I definitely give it a go, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, give it a go. I'm quite cynical at the best of times. I'm not sure if it's... Uh... <laughs> Well, you live in your all it's granddad to be anyway I feel like a Pokemon that's the thing come out and start bat- battling a Charizard or thing. <laughs> yeah you can only do it for a couple of nights but it is it's a fun experience yeah, fair, fair play fair play alright then so um, something I wanted to get on to and uh, sorry to leave you out of this one Teddy but me and Will had a bit of an experience when we were backpacking for a while through uh, Iraq and yes listeners you did hear that properly we did backpack for Iraq um, it's a bit of a long story maybe we'll get on to it another time but uh, we stayed somewhere pretty weird, didn't we, Will? Yeah, so I, I take full responsibility for how shit this place was. It was my booking. Um, but we were heading to this town. What was it called? Rwanda's. Rwanda's, yes. Yeah, so we, we, we were going to get a taxi from the hotel. They char- they're going to charge $120 US dollars, which was ridiculous for a three-hour journey, considering the price of petrol in Iraq is, is minimal. And then um, when we got there, I kind of looked online and there was this motel just before Rwanda's that looked really interesting. And I thought, you know, I'll book that place or, you know, turn up there and book it. But when we got there, Ollie, what was the sort of vibe of the place, would you say? Um, well, the vibe was similar to that of how Chernobyl is now. Um, deserted, dangerous, um, completely empty. It was the wildest place we've ever been. It, no one was there. We're pretty sure it was hijacked. The thing is, it was 100% hijacked. From the outside, it looked like a standard square building. You've got to remember as well, this is in the middle of essentially a a rocky mountain range slash desert. Um, There was no real other civilization around. And on the outside, it didn't look look too run down. It looked like, you know, it should have at least working there. It's quite a modern building. Sorry? It was quite a modern building. It looked quite Relatively, nice on the outside. Yeah. It was quite well finished. And it was opposite a ski resort as well. So it's like you must have thought people must stay there regularly. Oh, and don't, don't forget it had the Noah's Ark restaurant next door as well, which was the weirdest. It's like a fucking mirage in the desert. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty weird. It was a shop, wasn't it? It was a shop and a restaurant on the roof, but the restaurant wasn't open, but it was shaped like Noah's Ark. And when I saw it, I just fully thought I was having some sort of fit. Yeah, I thought someone might have slipped LSD in my... Herbil tea. Yeah, and your herbil tea. But um inside joke, you'll yeah, get it if you uh, know the geography of a rock. But yeah, we stayed in this yeah. we stayed in this place and we couldn't we walked in, there was no reception, the doors were just left open. And then we were I don't know, we must have woke someone up or something. What happened? Do you remember what happened? Yeah, well, um I remember that we basically someone came around from the counter like it was yeah, someone came out from like behind the counter and um, it was kind of like a sort of Basil faulty moment. You know, they just come around and just were like, yes, yes, room. You know, probably no one had come there in, in the past six months and also they didn't own the hotel. 
So well, he was just he didn't. He wasn't I, wearing, we got to we got to stress. They weren't wearing a uniform. Um, they were just in no. shorts and t-shirt. It, it was it, we didn't we don't know who they were. They were just in the building. They could have been guests guests for all we knew. Yeah, and then um, at like eleven o'clock at night, I think it was, they knocked on our door, and I was in the next room. But um, Ollie, you answered the door, and he what did he do? He started demanding money. Essentially, I could hear they they didn't know where we were because I could hear them like knocking along the corridor to try and find what room that we were in, even though he showed us to the room, um, even though he showed us to the room earlier. So he was knocking along the doors, and I felt these, heard these knocks, and I was trying to sleep on the sofa. Oh, that's the thing. The room was fucking terrible. It was one bed, one sofa, and like a load of unplugged fridges and stuff. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Anyway, so it was, this, it was like a, this guy comes along at 11 o'clock at night, and basically I can hear him knocking on all the doors, and then knocks on our door, I open it, and he goes, are oh, you pay now? I was like, it's fucking 11 o'clock at night. I'm trying to sleep. We haven't got any money on us. We pay you tomorrow? And he goes, okay. Anyway, we <laughs> wake up the next morning. Oh, I barely slept, to be honest. My back was in agony from on that sturdy sofa with fucking maggots and stuff in it. Wake up the next morning. And we pack our bags. We want to try and get out of there as soon as possible. Those guys are nowhere to be seen. Did you did you find them in the end, Will? Um, yeah, I went round into the back in the kitchen and found this like ten year old kid, and I was like, "Hey, man, can we uh, pay now?" And he, I think he got his. It was his dad or his uncle who was hijacking the hotel. Yeah. So yeah, he got him. It was weird. It was very. De- it was. It took us like half an hour to find anyone. Yeah. To, to pay. Then I give him my passport as well, and I was kind of like shitting myself. Yeah. You really did not want your passport in Iraq. You were giving yeah, it Yeah, I really, I mean, we'll get on to another story about when I lost it further down the line another time. But um, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But then they, uh, what, how, do you remember how much they charged us? $50, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was a flat $50. I mean, compared to the places we stayed in, like the main cities, which were a lot cheaper, it was not worth, oh, yeah, it was great. worth, maybe if you were in like Budapest or, I don't know, Paris or something, you'd maybe pay, 20, 30 quid for that room. Maximum, oh, yeah. Maximum. It was a ridiculous amount. We we moved out the next day, though, didn't we? We were going to stay there like three nights, but we just thought, now I'm no, moping out of here. Yeah, well, yeah, so which led us to the conclusion that I don't, we don't, I, I remain to this day, I'm 100% convinced those guys did not work at the hotel, did not know anything or know anyone to do with the hotel. They were just in there, and if someone came along willing to stay there, they charge what they want and they were just in it for a quick buck. One thing I wanted to ask you guys before we move on to part three, where's the weirdest place you've stayed? Um, Country-wise, it was probably either Sri Lanka or Singapore. Um, Singapore, just because the people you meet are just so mixed and so crazy and friendly. And then the pod place was... I know it's not like that crazy, but um, for me, staying in a pod hotel for the first time was just the weirdest experience. Sri Lanka, the weirdest place was like this hilltop homestay that we stayed in last minute because um, our hotel cancelled on us and just said, like, we filled up all the rooms, you can't come here, and we had to last minute go somewhere else. That was on an intro tour, so, like, it was fairly well run. And this place we went to, it was, like, bare concrete on the floor. Like, you know, no carpets, no flooring, just concrete. There were ants everywhere, and then there were power cuts. I think we timed it. There were power cuts every 15 minutes. The power would go off for about five minutes. Absolutely horrendous. But it was a fun experience. 
Like I don't look back at it and go, that was shit. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> but it was weird, very, very odd vibe. Fair enough. Uh Teddy. Teddy, what have you come up with? I don't really have one. Like like I say, um because I'm I I live for the experience, me. So kind of the weirder the better. So I wouldn't really know it was weird because I'd put myself into that situation, if that makes sense. Uh, I stayed in um, on the overnight train uh, with in Vietnam with yourself, Ollie, but um, I oh, loved yeah. it. I thought the overnight train was fantastic. But yeah, like you say, I suppose that is a weird experience that in my mind I don't put us like, a weird experience, but loved yeah. it. I thought it was great. Mm, I second, I love overnight trains and that one in Vietnam was my favourite of all time. It was. Pretty- I love the little um, the little dip they put on the wall so you can get onto the top bunk. That was my favourite feature because it just helps so much. <laughs> it's just, but it's it just, like- yeah, it's true. Well, quite literally a lift up in, in life. Um, yeah, I had to, yeah. do, I had to do that um, overnight train quite a few times, obviously, and like a few times it broke down, and, like it flooded, and there were like landslides and stuff. Um, it's crazy that that train ride. Um, yeah, for me, weirdest places. There's two that stick to mind. Um, I stayed in like a bamboo hut in the middle of the Amazon jungle. Uh, with like a tribal community in Ecuador. That was pretty weird. Um, there was a scorpion under my bed and it freaked me out. So I started screaming like a little girl. And um, <laughs> there was a, a girl standing in our room called Robin. Um, and she got so scared, she left a head torch on um, all night, which of course <laughs> attracted every single mosquito in South America. Bye. And counterintuitive then, yeah essentially she got stung to death and not well she didn't not to death but um she did end up getting mild symptoms of malaria jesus <laughs> what did leaving a headlamp what did it do for her though was she scared of dark or i don't know i think it's like i i mate to be honest to this day i don't know maybe it was like a comforting thing maybe she thought it was gonna scare the scorpion away i don't know i do get it but at the same time yeah not not sure that helped her in the end and then the second one, very quickly, was that when we were going through the Pamir Highway through Tajikistan, um, there's a border town uh, where it borders with Afghanistan. And we were driving for maybe like 18 hours this day, and we just needed somewhere to stop and sleep. And we ended up staying on this like pretty much kitchen table of this guy who owned a restaurant. And there were so many flies, and you can hear like rats running about in like the building and stuff. It was awful. It's right next on the Afghan River. Um, that was that was awful but again again we didn't pay anything for it but it was a a, in terms of accommodation that was it was just crap it was like 12 of us as well anyway let's wrap it up there for part two i think we've stretched out accommodation as as far as we could and fantastic thank you very much guys join us in part three when we've got a pretty funny story which one of you guys has sent in Welcome back to the Lost Luggage Podcast. You join us for everyone's favorite part, part three. Because that is story time, where people from around the world listening to this very show have sent in their very own stories. And uh, hopefully, they'll be quite hilarious. This week, it comes from a Mr. Steve Mason, traveling around Europe. Um, So, boys, let's dive into this one. I'll read it out, as usual. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if we could have helped him. So, this is Steve Mason's story of traveling around Europe by train. My wife and I were traveling around Europe and were about to catch a train from Budapest to Romania. We arrived at the station about two hours before boarding commenced as we wanted to make sure we found the right train and give ourselves plenty of time. 
I like your thinking there, Steve. I'm a man just like yourself. A bit OCD. It's good. Prepared. The well, scout yeah. like you. Exactly. The scout's way. Prepare to fail. Was it? Be prepared. To, uh... Um, fail, fail to prepare. Prepare to fail, isn't it? <laughs> We've got that mercilessly wrong. It's crazy because I was in the scout for five years, so I should know that. <laughs> yeah, I was too. <laughs> oh, dear. Until I started getting sucked off by the Arcala. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Back on with the story. I swear to God, it's not true. Um, yeah. We were lucky enough to find a conductor who stepped off the carriage that we thought we were going to be travelling on. He was a really lovely guy who actually let us on the train well before any passengers should have boarded and showed us to our private sleeper compartment while telling us in broken English that we would have to go back on the platform before we could check in and board the train once again. So so he's got on the train, left all his stuff, and then they've asked no, no. him to get off the train. So he, the, the, he's got, essentially, he's got there early. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, it, so what's happened so far is that he's getting a train from Budapest to Romania. He's yeah. got there a few hours early, and the conductor has been really nice, and um, he's, he's, let, he's shown them around the train before they're, before they board properly, if that makes sense. Okay, yep. Okay, so Steve continues. Uh, we settled in for about an hour and a half, and then we noticed people started to queue up on the platform. So we decided it was probably time to hop off the train we were looking around and hand over our tickets and reboard the train once more. I thought I would pop into the bathroom on the train before we went outside and stood in line. So I ducked into the toilet at the end of the corridor, just next to the exit. I dropped my pants, sat down on the toilet and did my business. And, if I may say so myself, rather big business. <laughs> thanks, to the, some, thanks to the dodgy Hungarian food from the night before. Yeah, I, I think I see where this is going. Next thing I know, someone is banging on the door. So I quickly finish and open the door to be greeted by the same lovely conductor who showed us round earlier. He was now yammering away in a mix of Hungarian and Romanian gibberish to me, as I couldn't understand any of it. As I stepped off the train onto the platform, I saw my wife's face. It was looking straight at me, wide-eyed, mouth open agape, in what I can only describe as a look of pure horror, wondering what the hell was going on. <laughs> I looked at the rest of the passengers, whose faces <laughs> ranged from absolute disgust to comedic hysteria. The conductor kept up his barrage, and I heard the word bathroom and the word station. As he pointed down at the tracks, right next to the steps, where everyone else would be using the train. This is where time seemed to slow down as the realization of what had happened slowly set in while I processed the conductor's strange and unexpected behavior. My wife's look of shock and the various expressions on the faces of the 30-something passengers lined up alongside the train. As I started to repeat in my head, please, please don't let it be what I think it is, I glanced down towards the tracks and sure enough, there it sat, a big, stinking, steaming pile of shit. Toilet paper and all, right in front of all the passengers. <sighs> you know what? I, can't, I don't even know what to say about this story, because, <laughs> because I, other than the fact I love it. Oh, I must be so... I've done some embarrassing things in my time, but that is right up there. But if you really needed it, sometimes you've got to go. And you know what? I don't, I don't blame him at all. He wasn't stupid. He just <laughs> needed to go to the toilet. 
Well, I'll try explaining that to uh, everyone else. I would yeah. love to have been his wife knowing my husband's just going to the toilet and she just turns to the left and there it drops. She must have been <laughs> horrified. Yeah, I hope she told someone like, oh, don't worry, my, my husband's just gone to the toilet. He'll be two minutes. Then as if on cue, the turd just splats against the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard. All aboard. Splat. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, it's so funny. I just, I would, I would love to have been a passenger. Like, what would you? It's just so awkward, isn't it? Like, mm. you forget when you're traveling abroad that we're not all on like Virgin Atlantic super trains with the magical cubicles, and you know the weed just doesn't go on the track anymore. You know? Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things they always tell you on London trains uh, not to go when you're at the station. I guess maybe that's why. I no, surely not in civilized no, no. society, especially no. London. Do you still shit on the track? I don't no know. No offense to Romania and Hungary, but maybe that still goes on there. But definitely not in London. But I mean, there must be a surely reason. Not. What Paddington Station? It's just so we're just coming up for the London Paddington fifteen forty two all the way to Penzance. Please do not shit on the track. Well. Naturally, yeah, that makes sense, but I can't come up with a natural solution as to why you can't shit when you're at the station. I can't yeah, come I'm up with sure. Sherlock Holmes. When you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter improbable, must be the truth. And for well, me, shitting on the station. Maybe it's more because they haven't got the cleaners on board at this point to like, kind of like, make sure it's fresh for the. Yeah. I, I don't know. And uh, you know what I love about the story as well is the fact this isn't at the end where he can just laugh about it and go. Right, come on, let's go. Nobody's going to see me again. Nobody's got on the train yet, so now he's going to have to... Well, this, this is what he continues to say. So in, in the last little section, he says, how was I supposed to know that the toilets on the older trains empty straight out onto the tracks? Mm. I had to stand there in line with everyone else for almost 20 minutes while everyone else <laughs> held their noses and gave me filthy looks. All the while... Imagining them witness the <laughs> the plop 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 of my business falling for two to three feet from the underside of the train onto the tracks right next to them. Talk about an uncomfortable train ride. I was too embarrassed to step outside of my cabin for the entire twenty six hour trip. Amazing. Those people need to grow. It's just a bit of shit. Come on. <laughs> I, I just love the like the the slow the slow sort of camera motion of it going. Like you know, you can imagine it in kind of slow motion, just the, the slow dripping of the of the poo. I'd rather not, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Many things I'd like to imagine. That's bottom of it. That's bottom of the lift, yeah. Yeah. But from the from the, from the view of the from the view of the uh, fellow passengers who are just like hor- horrified, they're covering their children's eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's oh God. Good story. Oh, what a story. Anyway. Cheers, Steve, for sending that in. That did make us laugh. Um, and if you've got any more stories, of course, you know where to send them by now. On the run, dot adventures, ltd at gmail.com. We would love to read them out on the podcast. Uh, so until next week, um, we'll join someone else's story then. Please, please send them in. Anyway, we'll move on to part four now, where we've got a quiz. Welcome back to the Lost Luggage Podcast. You join us in part four, my favourite part, even though I said that said that about part three and two. I lied, it's part four. Part four is the quiz. So far in the series, Will is winning 2-0, but now it's time for myself or Teddy to gain a point, as it's Will's turn to host the quiz. Will, what have you got for us? 
So tonight, Matthew, I have got a Would I Lie to You themed quiz. So are you both familiar with Would I Lie to You, first of all? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to explain it for people who might not? Okay, so um, I've got a load of truths and a load of lies from Ollie and from Teddy. And um, I will read them out and it's up to the other person to guess whether they're telling the truth or whether it's a lie. Slight difference from, um, from the usual on TV game. So what would normally happen is they would read it out themselves. But in this case, I didn't want you guys to have an advantage and for me to send them to you in advance so you could practice coming up with the lie. So I'm going to read them out and you have to literally come up with the lie on the spot just to make okay. it Oh. Um, beyond that, if it, I've got a three-question geopolitical tiebreaker, if that's necessary. <laughs> Hopefully uh, not. So for you two, there's no... I was going to say, with you, with, with you winning 2-0 already, the worst thing that for me and Teddy can do is draw. So. Yeah, so we've got the three questions afterwards. But I would say with the quest, with the lies and the truths, um, there's no pattern to it. So don't think that, oh, I've had a lie, this is going to be true, because there's, there's no pattern at all. It's completely random. Okay. And, uh, on top of that... Um, yeah, some of them are weird, some of them are not, but that shouldn't make a difference. <laughs> okay. We, we used to weird, mate, don't worry about that. Yeah. Right, so uh, I'm going to go with Teddy first. So I'm reading this out as if Teddy's saying it. I'm not going to do the accent because okay. we already sound so similar. Please do the um, accent. <laughs> I will not do the accent. I, I couldn't do it justice, man. <laughs> okay. Um, Ollie, you'll have to imagine I'm reading this as Teddy and then you ask Teddy, basically. Okay, no worries. Okay. So first one is, my ex paid for us to get a massage in Indonesia and she started touching me inappropriately. What, the ex or...? This is for Teddy to answer. Okay. okay. So, go ahead, mate, yep. What's your question, Ollie? So I've I got to work... Wait, just getting this right. I've got to work out if this is true or not. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so who's who, who's touching you, your girlfriend or the massage? Um, oh no, the, the, the masseuse is, um, is is the one that's touching me. Yeah. Um, Why are so, your girlfriends then? Yeah, so we're, we're obviously we're in a bed, and the, the the two beds are quite close, just enough room for the uh, the two masseuses to get in between us, and so it's just a normal uh, massage to start with, as you would expect when you pay for a massage. Um, and as she gets sort of down to my leg, she kind of goes up further, and I kind of like push the hand away and then she gets further up again to the top and I, I push the hand away and she just but, didn't get any any hint and just kept sort of coming up to uh you know the the crown and uh, she must have known that you walked in there with a girlfriend surely or was she that i couldn't tell you mate maybe yeah um what did your girlfriend say well, I, I didn't say anything during the massage. It was once we finished, and um, well, once she finished you. What once she? Yeah, well, it didn't actually get that far. <laughs> um, and then when we finished, I just sort of said, "You know, she was uh, was. Did you really go up to the top?" And she was like, "No, no." And I said, "Like four times, I had to I had to push mine away from from going as high Downtown. as you can go." Yeah. The thing is, like, I've been for a massage with you. You have, yes. <laughs> it sounds weird for the listeners me and me and me and ollie like to get weekly massages together yeah <laughs> and that was that was that was pretty weird to be honest it was a bit homoerotic but i i like knowing you i think you would have said something or you would have leapt off i went only my girlfriend touches mr teddy or whatever you call your penis <laughs> I, I, mr. Teddy. 
<laughs> like Mr. T. Mr. T, yeah. <laughs> I pity the fool who touches my dick. Um, so what are you going to say? Yeah. Is it a lie or is it true? I, oh, It could be either or. It's Teddy, isn't it? It, it could be 100% true. Or, but the, did you actually tell your girlfriend? Oh yeah, as soon as we um, as soon as we finish, you know, I said. Oh no, like, I'm really, I'm really, yeah, I'm really torn here. I, it's it's almost too obvious that it's probably a lie. Um, my instinct is a lie, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's true. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go lie. Uh, Teddy, that one is the truth. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck's sake. That is one to Teddy. Well done, Teddy. That's so shit. <laughs> Thank you. It's good. Okay, Ollie. So Teddy, you got to imagine it's Ollie saying this, and then you've got to direct the questions, at Ollie. Okay. Can you do it in a Radio Four accent? Um, I actually could not do your accent. I'm very impressed with your radio accent, and I don't think I can mimic it. Fair enough. Um, okay. I was fined by police in Vietnam for hitting a police car with a football. So Ollie, in Vietnam, you had the football. What was you playing with other people? Was was it just yeah? Yourself? I was I was playing with um I was playing with a few people. I knew you remember um some of the restaurant people yeah on uh, Beer Street in in Hanoi. We used yeah. to play football with those guys. Yeah, and where where was you when you was playing football? Um, this was just like a little street game at um, one one like behind the hostel I was staying at. Okay, day or night. Um, it was probably it was quite late to be fair. Probably around ten o'clock in the evening. So they just started. It was like on a Monday, so they just started um, shutting down the restaurants and stuff. So uh, I think Mr. Chi, one of the restaurant owners, um, had a football I gave him, Champions League one. I bought him. Um, so he wanted to, he was quite keen to have a kickabout. They were shutting the restaurant down at 10 o'clock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would they shut it down at 10 o'clock? Don't go they go on all night? Not like on a... Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, they were open all night. All right, okay. And and it was you who kicked the ball? Oh, yes. You know, I've got two left feet. Yeah. That it was like a half volley. Yeah. <laughs> and, and did you really kick it against the car or was it like a miscue kick or? It was, well, yeah, I kind of like, you know, tried to control it by yeah. like doing, putting a bit of pace on it. Yeah. And what I ended up doing was half volley in it and it just kind of like knocked the wind mirror a little bit. I'm going to go truth. Um, just because I know he did used to play football uh, with these lads and I've seen him kick a football. <laughs> okay, Ollie, reveal yourself. Teddy, that was absolutely a lie. Ah, oh, very, it very well, good mate. Lie. It well. Very good lie. So is it one all now? It's one all now. Okay, so Teddy. It's tricky because we're both quite, in a weird way, I know this is not a positive thing to say, but we're both quite deceitful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so imagine this is Teddy saying this. I got a lift home from a night out in a golf buggy. That's so ridiculous. It might be true, you know. Um, where were you, Teddy? Uh, I'd just come out of a club. Uh, and and I, I was with uh, two friends and we was um, trying to get a lift home. But when you and you've had a few, and you're trying to sort of catch a cab down, we was that was abroad. I think we might have been in, uh, it might have been in Rome. Oh no, it was in Italy somewhere. I can't, 
It could have been Rome. Why a golf buggy and not a cab, though? That's what I don't understand. Like, it is so ridiculous. It might be true, but it's... Uh, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even know where the golf buggy come from. Um, it was just kind of on the street, and we said the name of the place we were staying in. And um, he just sort of said, I can give you a lift. He didn't even charge us, and he took us straight to uh, where, we was, where we were staying. And, uh, yeah, and we got the, the usual. We got the selfies on the back of it and a video that went on the old Instagram and Snapchat and... Uh, yeah, we, we and it wasn't round the corner. I'm not talking out of a club and there was a golf buggy and it took us 30 seconds. It was a good, you know, 10, 10 15 minutes drive right. on a golf buggy. I just, I just don't see there being a golf buggy in the middle of Rome, which isn't the safest place to drive. Was it in Rome? Or in Italy? I don't... It was, it was, <sighs> I, can, it, I can confirm it was definitely in Italy. If it was in Rome, I cannot be 100% sure, but I, I am pretty sure it was Rome. Okay. I just don't see there being a golf buggy in Rome. And I just don't see you. We know what Italians are like. I just don't see him giving you a free lift either. Oh, it's, it's oh, just... oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's got to be. I'm going, I'm going for lie. Uh, Teddy, reveal yourself. That one was the truth. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and I've got a video. I'll, uh, I'll send you the video. Uh, oh my god you've been serious I was convinced that was a lot it was like the more you were talking the more I was like yeah yeah keep coming up with this ball mate <laughs> Jesus okay that's, yeah, two, that's true 2-1 two, two, yeah, yeah, to, uh, to Teddy now oh, I'm so bad at this game Jesus you've got a point I got a bit of a confidence boost when I managed to fool you the first time and then it's just been, I've been shattered <laughs> <laughs> okay you ready for Ollie's Teddy yes okay I once spent 32 hours stuck in Qatar airport. Why would you stuck in Qatar airport, Ollie? That is a very good question. And um, let me have some time to think about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, you, oh yeah, you know I got stuck in Vietnam a long time ago. We explained this on the first ever episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously the, the, um, the bugger, what they called, um, so the, the consulate, booked my flight for me and they okay. just booked the first flight available out the day I was allowed to leave when I got my emergency passport yeah um so yeah my dad paid for the flight and then they just booked the first flight out and you know sometimes when you they you get these you look on sky scanner or you look on these flight websites and it's got the it tells you the uh, layover time yeah so it's with Qatar Airways and uh, we had to stop in Doha and um yeah, that was that was the flight they chose for me because it was the first one out, and the layover was like thirty. It was like twenty eight hours, but then the flight was like delayed, so I literally had to spend a day and a half trapped inside Doha Airport, which, to be fair, is quite a nice airport. Couldn't you leave? Um, you wasn't trapped. I mean, you have landed, and you have got another flight booked, so you could have gone got a day and a half. Couldn't you have gone somewhere? Like if if I'd have got a layover. Couldn't you have gone and got a hotel somewhere and come back the day later for your layover? Oh, no, because I was um, on an emergency passport. You can only use it for like a one-way trip. So you can't like use it to get out of an airport, get like a one-day visa to get a hotel or whatever, and then back in. Okay. You know what I mean? And what did you so do I, while you were there? Mate, oh, it was so depressing. My iPod ran out of battery. My phone ran out of battery. They had like little tablets and like MacBooks you can use. Yeah. So it was fucked about. I... You know, again, I didn't know how much money I had, so uh, I didn't. I didn't know if I can get any food. I was starving. I just tried to sleep where I could. 
had a look at the Ferraris and like the foyer area, entered that competition about fifteen hundred times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what airport was it? Uh, Doha. This is one of those where it could easily be. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's the truth, but because you, because you've connected it to another story, it makes it sound more believable. So I don't know whether you can you connect it to that for a reason. Mm. You can uh, hedge your bets, or you can take a risk. What are you saying? I think it's I think it's a lie, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna go the truth. I think it's the truth. Oh, Ollie. It's uh, unfortunately for me, it's true. Whoa. So you've done it. You've got a nice one there. Fucking hell! You played well played, well played. really well, mate. Honestly, because the way you connect it to the story, I was like, he's done. Yeah, earlier. I tried to throw you off in like different directions, and like yeah. even the thing at the start was like, let me just think of a story, kind of thing. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, yeah, fair play, mate. Fair play. I'm, I'm just terrible at this. Okay, so Teddy's one now. So this one will be in Thailand. I was banned from a club for being sick into a cup and then handing it to someone. <laughs> right. So I can believe you being sick into a cup in a club. Yep. No, oh, you cheeky git. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Mate, I was, I, was, I was sick into a Tupperware box and I <laughs> sealed it and put it in the fridge. And my mum thought it was coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so yeah I can believe you throwing up you handed it to someone as if for them to drink it or you handed it to an employee to like get rid of it what what were you thinking it was my mate um, so we've been out having some street food um, in Thailand and we was on the buckets you get like you can buy buckets and you can put your different beers in and I don't know if you, I, I can actually tell you the place where it was. It had the, the steps going up. Have you been to, have you been to Bangkok? It's like, um, it's one right in the middle. It's got steps coming up and the, the beers they're cheap. I think it was like five for three or something like that. And then uh, we'd put it into a glass and I downed one of the drinks because we were doing drinking games. God save the queen where you throw your yeah, cup yeah. in. And if it lands on the queen's head, you have to save her. Uh, and as I downed it and I put the glass down, I started being sick inside the glass and I put that one down, but I, I was, still wasn't done. So he passed me his glass and I started being sick into that one. I think I must have done three or four glasses because they don't have pint pots in um, in Thailand. They're, they've got like a handle yeah. that, that about a, a 0.5. And that was, that's really it. Who did you hand the glass to? Uh, it was to my mate. So we we. I was living in uh, Koh Phangan at the time, but we was flying to Kuala Lumpur. And what did he do? What did he do with it? What did he do with it? Just leave it on the table. It, it was. It was like I, as I was being sick, I, I wasn't stopping. So he, like I said, I went through about three of them. So he, he was like so he went a, through three cups, and he just put them on the table. Yeah, and then obviously I, I apologized and and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, how very admirable of you. <laughs> um, yeah, top move. But, but what? It's just like one of these things where it's just, it is very, very plausible. We was, what we was, I was so, doing, I was it's doing. It's almost it. too plausible going how I've been, my track record on this game is pretty terrible. So I'm going to go with my instincts and say it's false. Oh, uh, Teddy? Uh, you'll be disappointing to know 
it's false. <laughs> yes, I mean, back in the game. There's no, I do not. Three, two, Oli, I don't be sick. Oli, back in the running for this. What's it now? What's the score? It's 3-2 to Teddy. Oh, so I need this one. Yeah, I've got I've got six each, so... All right, let's, let's, let's get on with it then. Yeah. Um, okay, so Teddy, imagine Ollie is saying this. Okay. I was I was cursed by a witch in Georgia. Okay, why was you cursed by a witch in Georgia? If I could answer that, mate, I'd tell you, but I can't. I don't know. Who knows? Probably because I'm foreign. So what's the story behind it then? How did you um, know she was a we, witch, for one? You could tell me. You could tell. You we, know, like the witches in like the boot. She survived. <laughs> yeah, I lifted the curse. I had to go on a mission, get some Horcruxes and destroy a stole. But um, really, I think like, we were just arrived in Georgia, a bit freaked out by the place. It was it was uh, the first time we'd um, obviously been to a place that looked a bit rough because um, we were in like Turkey beforehand. And... Um, well, Turkey's got its rough areas, but um, Georgia and Tbilisi just looked a bit rough around the edges, if you know what I mean. We were staying in a dodgy part, as I said earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, the place we were staying at, the place next door burnt down. And we are just walking along the street, me and my mate. And we obviously looked very different to anyone else there. It's quite a quite a poor neighbourhood where we were. Uh, we were wearing, you know, a shirt and jeans or whatever maybe a little bit classy for them mm. and this woman just stopped us in the street stood in front of us and she was kind of like a lady gypsy so to speak and um she had like i don't know if you've ever seen like the kind of like voodoo witches of like new orleans and like, you've got those headbands on the bandanas and like the dress and like a shitload of bangles and jewelry yeah and she had a staff which was like a massive cross and she just pointed at us and started uttering this kind of like curse going a wizard babaga babaga a wizard babaga babaga ah, okay and then like shook her fingers that at does us. sound like a genuine curse to you <laughs> no, I mean I've never never heard a curse before but if I did it would sound like that Um, I just don't know I just think this is just I just don't think it's true to be honest with you you're going to head your bet yeah I think this is this is something I'd have definitely have heard before. I mean, being cursed by a witch is not something you leave out of a story. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It's false. Ollie, I'm afraid it's absolutely true. Oh. Now neck and neck, Teddy. This is your one, Ollie. You've got to guess. I took off all my clothes to play archery, and they let me play for free. Fuck up. Where the fuck was this? This was in um, Luang Prabang. And they let you play for free because you, you'd done it naked? Or was that like part of the gimmick? They were like, no. oh, if you get naked, we'll play for free. And no one's actually done it and just, then you were the first. Just being... Now there's a statue of you. <laughs> now there's a statue of me, mate. And if you go Luang Prabang and you think he looks familiar, it'll be me. Um, no, I was, again, just being a little bit tongue-in-cheek uh, when we turned up to this archery place you can drink it's a <laughs> as unbelievable as that sounds you, you can drink and play archery in the one prabang Wait, um, is this when you um the same trip you dislocated your shoulder <laughs> yeah before it though this was before dislocating my shoulder Dude, that's what i would say if i was a liar too mr teddy simpson <laughs> um <laughs> yeah this is before dislocating shoulder this was one of the first days there 
and um, it's a place where you but, can play archery and bowling. So I went. We went for the bowling drink, but um, I seen the archery, and I, I said to one of the guys, uh, I can't remember how it started, whether I can get the bullseye. So I said, if I do it naked, can I play this and bowling for free? And he said, I can play this for free. And he said, if you do it naked, you can play this and bowling, and I'll buy you a pint. Now for me. I'm playing this, bowling, and a pint, and all I've got to do is take my clothes off. I'm doing it. And, uh, again, it's it's because it's you, Teddy. It could easily be true, but I just, again, I think I would have heard this with the dislocating shoulder story, and I think I would have heard it before. It's, it's again, you don't leave those stories out. Um, so I'm going to have to go with false, Teddy. That one is uh, hugely true, and there's a picture on my Instagram. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm so bad <laughs> okay, at this game. So Penny is leaving now. Um, I'll pick up the pace a bit and go straight to Wally. What's even worse is that I think I've seen the fucking photo. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so this is Ollie's one for Teddy. I accidentally drank a cup of hallucinogenic liquid with a tribe in South America. Oh, so believable. Um, it's Ollie, isn't it? He loves his hallucinogenics anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, family happened? podcast. Family podcast. Did you did you know that it was uh, hallucinogenic, or did did you drink it and then start tripping? Um, well, the guy who spoke English out of the tribe just said it was fire water, so I I didn't know what I meant. I thought it was just like a herbal tea or something they used to like clear the throat. Okay. And what happened then? When you so so you so you didn't think this was hallucinogenic? You thought this is well, this is for me tickly cough that I've <laughs> that I've got. <laughs> well, yeah, we all, we all, everyone I was with had, had some, and you know, it was like in one of those little plastic cups. Um, so I had it, and it just tasted like uh, like ginger, and you know, a lot of alcohol. Um, and yeah, I was fine for five minutes, and then about after ten minutes, I was dancing like Ian Curtis. It was, um, yeah, I went a bit mad, went a bit mental. And everybody, so who's Who's drinking this? Just you or? Me and a couple of my mates I'm with. For some reason, the girls didn't get given it, just to, just a bloke. <laughs> that's probably a good sign, I guess. See, that's believable. I can imagine that. I can imagine that in, in, in a tribe. Um, oh. What are you doing? And what, what did it do to you? Did it, sorry, did, so you just danced, but did you did you start seeing things or? To be honest, I don't really have much recollection. All I can go by is the photos that people took. I knew I went absolutely mental dancing. Okay. And, like, you know, um, I guess when you kind of, like, yeah, get, like, head rush and you're kind of, like, a bit dizzy, if you've ever done, like, nitrous oxide balloons. Yeah. Similar to that, I guess. And you kind of just get this rush of mad, bassy energy. I'm going to go true. I'm going to go, this is, this is the truth. Reveal yourself. That is absolutely false. Ah. <laughs> okay, so in the final final round of questions, and you're both neck and neck, so this is the deciding factor. Okay. Okay, okay and if not, we'll we have to do it. Just bear in mind, we've got to wrap this up quick. Okay, so Teddy, this is Teddy's one. I once drove a quad bike into the sea whilst drunk and had to pay the owner the full cost of getting a new one. Good, God. Where were you? What, what country? Uh, I was in Ayanapras in Cyprus. That is very believable then. Um, how much was the quad bike to rent? Oh, Jesus Christ, mate. Um, 
actually no. How how did you end up driving into the sea? Uh, well, we'd rented them for a, a few days. Um, um, I don't know if you've been to Ayanapa. I wasn't actually in Ayanapa at the time. Um, we, was in, we was in a place called Pataras, which is like a nice, not quieter, but it's like um, they do tribute shows. So like they'll have Elvis on one place. Yeah. Robbie, so we was actually getting out of Ayanapa to go on and, and go to these. But when you go there, they get you up on stage and you get drinking. And I had like a wig on. I was doing Michael Jackson. And we stayed for a lot longer than than what I should done, what I should have done. And then stupidly, um, I got back onto um, my quad bike, drove back to Ayanapa, which where we were staying was the seafront, and I just hit... Right, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Yep. How fucked off was the guy? Um, do you know what, mate? Not too bad. I'm not going to lie. He, he, he was all right about it. Um, false. Absolutely false. It, well, I, I think because he knew he was going to get paid for it. Um, false. And we'd done it for a few days, but... What, is that what you're going for? Yep. Okay. Teddy? That one is false. <laughs> yes. So, Ollie is ahead. So, all Ollie needs to do is get this next one and he's home free. So, Ollie, this one is, I was chased by prostitutes in Bulgaria. True. Immediately true. Immediately true. true. That, is that how easy it's going to be? <laughs> true. Okay, Ollie. No questions. How are you just going by true? That does not sound make me sound like I'm in a good light. True. And I, I can guarantee you it involved a blowjob. Can you, Actually. Can you just, ah, wait a minute. I've not asked anything else. I've asked one question. Did the story involve a blowjob? No. Did it not? Oh. Actually, it did, actually. Well, there we go. So it involved but a not blowjob. with me. Not with me. <laughs> True. I've heard it, I think. I think he, he told us one night. So uh, uh, for my advantage, I think I've heard this story before. Are we going to call it a draw? Call it a draw. You don't call it a draw. We'll do. take a point each, shall we? Quick, fast. Take points. Very good. Very well played, guys. I enjoyed that game. Well done. Well. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. No so that's it in the series. Uh, Will's on two. Ollie's on one. Teddy's on one. And that's all we've got time for on this edition of the Lost Luggage Podcast. It's time to pack our bags, take the next flight home. Once again, we draw to the natural conclusion. And as always, if you've got any stories to send us, on the run.adventuresltd at gmail.com. And we will do our best to read them out. My thanks to Will and Teddy for joining me once again. My name is Ollie, and see you next week. <laughs>